Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 65 is entitled The Stories of the New Testament, Matthew Chapter 7, The Sermon on the Mount, Part 5, Prayer. We offer a weekly podcast Monday through Friday. Each Friday we discuss the New Testament, King James Version. We are now on Matthew chapter 7. Chapter 7 has the following primary concepts. 1. Judging others. 2. Prayer. 3. The golden rule. 4. The straight and narrow path. 5. False prophets. In last week's podcast, podcast 60, we analyzed Matthew 7, 1 through 6, judging others. In this podcast, number 65, we shall analyze Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Prayer. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread will give him a stone, or if he ask a fish will give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Previously, in what some would perhaps consider the most beautiful prayer ever given, Jesus gave us what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer, which is a perfect model for prayer. In the above scripture, Jesus continues to teach us about prayer. Note the three primary verbs. Ask, seek, and knock. Prayer is not a passive act. We are not expected to simply ask for a blessing and then wait for it to come. Asking is just the first step in what sometimes is a very long process. In this podcast, we shall cover the three steps to prayer. Step 1. To ask. As we learned in the Lord's Prayer, we are actually addressing our prayers to our Father in Heaven. It is as if we are kneeling before His throne. How many kings will give you daily access to his throne? God is the only ruler who not only gives us daily access, but commands us to approach him as often as we desire to. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. It is helpful to actually imagine that we are talking directly to our Father in heaven. But naturally, we must remember that the only one who gives us that access is his son, Jesus Christ, who made access to the Father possible by suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane and by dying on the cross. That is our only calling card. We must do everything in the name of Jesus Christ. What is it that we ask for? The general answer is that God is in the details of our lives, and to him nothing is too trivial. That is the second magnificent attribute of our Father in heaven. What is important to us is also important to him. In the above, Christ mentions the following. Or what man is there of you 
whom if his son ask bread will give him a stone, or if he ask a fish will give him a serpent. Food for our table is a fundamental need for everyone, and God is aware of that. The image represents all the necessities of life, food, clothing, shelter, health, and so on. But Christ doesn't stop there. In the Lord's Prayer, Christ mentions that we should pray for forgiveness, for deliverance from temptation, and for deliverance from evil. Luke expands the image. Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? The only qualification to what we should pray for is given in the phrase, good gifts. Clearly, we shouldn't ask for that which is not good for us to have. He wants us to have only good gifts, and he promises one of the greatest gifts of all. He promises that he will give to us the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. Luke also mentions another good gift to ask for. Luke twenty-one thirty-six. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. We should pray to escape from danger or calamity, or the evil that will come upon the world through sin. In return, we will be able to stand before Christ. We are told to pray without ceasing, in other words, to always carry a prayer in our heart, but not only to ask for blessings, but to always give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17-18 Pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We should pray for wisdom, but prayer must also be attended with unwavering faith. James 1, 5-6 If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. We should also pray for the sick, for the afflicted, and for each other. In addition, we should pray with faith. James 5, 13-16 Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. No one is excluded from approaching God's throne. There is nothing that is good that we may not ask for. Step 2. To seek. In Deuteronomy we learn whom we must seek for, and also how we must seek. Deuteronomy 4.29 But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him if thou shalt seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. David tells us, Psalms 105, 4 Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face evermore. Psalm 119, 2 Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, 
and that seek him with the whole heart. The burden is on us to seek the Lord with all of our heart and all of our soul. In Proverbs, we learn a third condition. Proverbs eight seventeen, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. It is in Isaiah we learn other conditions. In addition, we find the key to what Christ means by he that seeketh findeth. Isaiah 58, 2. Yet they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness, and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Isaiah gives us five keys to successful prayer. 1. Seek God daily. 2. Delight to know His ways. 3. Seek righteousness. 4. Seek the ordinances of justice. 5. Delight in approaching God. One of the keys to faith is to be able to accept God's will even if it contradicts our own, which requires enormous patience. Daniel adds another condition. Daniel 9.3 And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Sometimes seeking the Lord requires fasting, deep humility, and prayer. In Matthew, we are given even further conditions. Matthew six thirty three, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Christ, who is the perfect model of prayer, gives us even greater conditions. John five thirty. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of my Father which hath sent me. Christ teaches us to seek the will of the Father. Remember Christ's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. A short time later he prayed, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. The bitter cup was not removed, and Christ submitted to the will of the Father. Sometimes we must do the same. Not all prayers are answered on our terms. Paul emphasizes still another condition. Hebrews 11.6 But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. From the conditions above, we learn that prayer is an active exercise, not a passive one. Seeking God through prayer not only rewards us here with the good things of life, but it also rewards us hereafter eternally. In the intercessory prayer, Christ said, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Step 3. To Knock Christ often spoke in parables, therefore ambiguity surrounds step 3. Knock and it shall be opened. First of all, notice that it is the final step. It gives tremendous meaning to the previous two steps. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. If you do not do the first two steps, you cannot do the third step, as the following shows. Luke 13, 23 through 25. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? 
And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up, and hath shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without, and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer, and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. That clarifies what the phrase means, knock and it shall be opened. He is speaking of the gates of heaven. That really adds importance to the first two steps. Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. Most Christians are familiar with the parable of the ten virgins. Matthew 25 Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Why were the five foolish virgins denied entrance into the marriage feast? All of them had full lamps when they began their journey, but only the five wise virgins took extra oil. We often overlook one of the most important conditions of having the gates of the kingdom of heaven open to us, that is, to endure to the end. The five foolish virgins gave up the search before it was completed. They sought as commanded, but quit before they found Christ. The door represents the final judgment. The sleep of the five wise virgins was the sleep of life, for they had endured. The sleep of the five foolish virgins was the sleep of spiritual death, because they gave up before the journey was through. Enduring to the end is one of the primary conditions to enter in the kingdom of heaven. Let's turn to John in the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3. In his letter to the seven churches, John emphasizes the blessings of those who endure to the end. To overcome is equivalent of to endure to the end. 
All those who endure to the end are granted entrance into the kingdom of heaven. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father in his throne. Only those like the five wise virgins who overcome or who endure to the end were allowed to enter into the kingdom of God. From the above, we can see the significance of sincere prayer. Prayer isn't an Amazon hotline. Prayer is essential not only for gaining temporal or even spiritual blessings from heaven. Prayer is also how we seek and find God. If we don't find God, then prayer avails us nothing. We will be doubly blessed if we not only acknowledge the prayers he answers, but also acknowledge the prayer he appears to not answer. Finding God through prayer is primary. Understanding the ways of God to man is necessary. All else is secondary. Perhaps nothing requires more patience than unanswered prayers. Listen to the words of Isaiah. Isaiah forty thirty one. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That is a clear indication that those who wait upon the Lord will have the strength to endure to the end. It is easy to ask for things, but it is very difficult to wait on the Lord to answer. For me, the above promise is not in running a marathon, as it is enduring to the end. Hosea 12.6 Therefore turn thou to thy God. Keep mercy and judgment, and wait on thy God continually. He promises us the strength to endure no matter how severe the trials. In fact, Peter considers the trial of our faith to be more precious than gold. 1 Peter 1, 7 That the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found with praise and honor and glory, at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The above show what we must do for Christ to open the gates of heaven to our knock. Then we have this amazing passage of Scripture where it is Christ who knocks, and we must open. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him, and he with me. It is as if he were saying, If you will open when I knock, I will open when you knock. It is like friends visiting with each other. John refers to those who open the door as friends of the bridegroom. John 3, 29 
He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. James tells us that Abraham was called the friend of God. We see then that prayer is not a passive thing, but a very complex relationship with God. We also see that prayer is far more than simply asking for something. Prayer is a process through which we learn to know God and become his friend. The steps, however, are simple. To ask, to seek, and to knock. As Christ said, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.